guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. Man, I'm your host as always, and man, we're going to be rocking the house with an amazing reading passage. Again, you guys are going to be listening. So we're going to be speaking about leadership and change management. There's going to be a lot that's going to be in this. So with all the advanced note-taking skills and the different techniques I've given you, let's see how well you're good at taking precise notes to, again, beckon the question and ask yourself rhetorical questions in regards to what Janelle Franklin is going to be speaking about. So in saying that, guys, we're going to listen to this and then we're going to have a full-on conversation about it. So let me first, again, Oh my God, I'm actually glad that I ended up sharing the sound or else this would have been listening to absolutely nothing. So without further ado, let's get into this bad boy. Leadership and Change Management by Janelle Franklin. One. Like a climber reaching a mountain peak, leading businesses must not spend too long standing and admiring the view or they may find themselves swiftly overtaken by leaner and more adaptable mountaineers. High-profile companies such as Apple, Google, and Amazon are all examples of industry leaders which understand that they still have a mountain to climb, while other companies have mistakenly spent far too long looking at the scenery, not appreciating that further heights were there to be scaled. Two. We are all aware that if a business wants to succeed, it has to create a culture of innovation in a fast-changing market. When one company innovates, others will quickly follow suit. Without continued creativity, a business will become stagnant, lose its competitive edge, and very quickly find itself behind the times. The need for change is blatantly obvious, and yet businesses around the world fail to actively work towards change, unnecessarily suffering the consequences. Company bosses making a commitment to change is the first and easiest step forward. However, planning and executing a change strategy can be an uphill struggle, with organizations often withdrawing strategies at the first sign of difficulty. Fortunately, There is a lot of support for businesses in the academic field of change management Mm. with several business models to draw on. Lewin's unfreeze, change, refreeze model. Three. The need to manage change first came to prominence with a three-stage theory by Kurt Lewin, 1947, known as unfreeze, change, refreeze. As a physicist and social psychologist, Lewin uses a block of ice to explain his theory. He suggests that if you have a square block of ice, but you want a cone-shaped block of ice, you need to melt it, unfreeze, change it into a cone shape, change, and then solidify the new shape, refreeze. He suggests a three-stage approach. People become aware of the need for change and prepare themselves for it. Mm. A mentoring scheme is implemented to support employees who are given the power to find their own solutions to problems during the transition period. The change becomes normal behavior for the organization. Mm. It is the final stage which companies may struggle to apply in today's fast-moving world, a place where there is little time for stability. 
However, this model has been and continues to be highly influential in the business world, and its impact is perceptible in more recent models. Cotter's eight-step approach to change management. Ah. Four. One of the more recent models of change was created by Dr. John Cotter, 1995, and is an eight-step approach to change management, a more robust template for change that business leaders can follow to build a detailed plan. Having spent 30 years researching change management strategies and companies, Cotter realized that 70% of them fail, and so developed this model as a means of helping those businesses to avert that situation. Five. Cotter's first step involves creating a sense of urgency. Like Lewin's unfreeze stage, it focuses on making the need to drive the company forward fully transparent, thereby negating hostility and creating a buzz around the company, which incentivizes people to participate. The next three stages involve establishing leaders and other key people who have the expertise and respect to push change forward. They shape the vision which is simple and motivating and then communicate it to everyone in the organization, mm. encouraging two-way communication in the process. I love that. Love it. Six. Steps five to seven involve empowering staff through skills development and new systems of work before setting short-term goals that people can attain. By persisting with the changes and not backing down, the company can show staff that the changes are producing small but impressive results. In the end, in step eight, the changes are accepted and incorporated into the company culture. Fisher's model of personal change. Seven. Cotter's model is very much a top-down process, where leaders at the top drive the changes. Yet one of the principal reasons for the high failure rate of change management strategies is the lack of understanding that systems and people go hand in hand. Focusing solely on systems and excluding people could be at the expense of success. Handling them appropriately ensures a greater chance of survival. For this reason, John M. Fisher, 2005, developed a model of personal change to examine an individual's experiences of change in an organization. He likens it to crossing from one peak to another, suggesting that an individual will go through a series of emotions during the crossing. Mm. These are anxiety, yep. happiness, fear, threat, guilt, depression, gradual acceptance, and moving forward. Wow. How exactly a person experiences these emotions depends very much on how the change was initiated, how much autonomy that individual has, their self-image, and past experiences of change, meaning that each person's journey is dissimilar. Eight. Imagine that an accounting manager has been asked to implement new account systems to modernize the department. Fisher suggests this course of action will cause the manager to feel anxiety due to a lack of understanding of the changes. His prime concern will be about how they will affect him and whether he can cope with them. The manager will then feel happy because things are finally going to change, but when he realizes that he will have to change his behavior, 
This gives rise to fear. The next stage is threat, as the manager starts to self-reflect about his behavior and actions at work and begins to perceive himself differently. It may become apparent, for example, that he is less able to adapt to new computer software than he expected and finds members of his team are more competent than he is. This leads to guilt and may result in depression as he loses a sense of who he is. Eventually, there will be gradual acceptance as he starts to find his feet within the new environment and becomes more skilled at using software. Finally, he will feel as if he can move forward. Nine. Fisher's model provides businesses with a comprehensive and solid understanding of how much of an impact change may have on employees across the board. This understanding can be fed into a strategic plan, ensuring that these feelings are managed appropriately. He goes on further to propose ways in which this can be done. Wow. So this is amazing. I mean, I could speak on and on about this, but first and foremost, before I dive into the particulars of what she had talked about uh, in Fisher's model in general, um, guys, this is a prime example of what has been happening out here uh, or around the world in terms of COVID. So let me give you an example. And I can only speak from language uh, center perspectives, but first I'll talk about the industry leaders uh, like Apple so I can make it more relatable. Uh, the, just in that, um, oh man, Jeff Bezos made a significant amount during this. Since March until June, like we're, we're in what, the third week of June right now, he made a hell of a lot more money. So a lot of people would say, man, how the hell did he make so much more money? This doesn't make any sense. How is he making money during this entire shutdown and everything? Well, I, I mean, he just has, he, he is adaptable to change. Now, if you're not adaptable to change, you're going to completely fall apart. If we look at America's unemployment, there are 42 million unemployed right now, minimum in America. Um, and that's going to con uh, continue skyrocketing because, again, I don't think America is going to have a sense of normality until there's a vaccine. Now, other countries, well, let's just say hundreds of other countries are going to be able to coexist with this virus. But America, they just don't know how to coexist because, again, citizens, uh, all, from the citizens all the way to the very top, uh, they're not adapting, right? So... If we look at tech leaders such as Apple, other than the AirPods, which is in no comparison comparable to the great Bose, they have not been adaptable to change since the, the, the falling of, um, oh my God. Oh, what's his name again? I just went completely AWOL. I completely forgot his name. Um, Steve Jobs. There we go. Tim Cook. Other than, you know, coming out with the, okay, the iPhone 6, the iPhone 7 was exactly like the iPhone 6. The video got a little bit better in, I think, the 8 and then the 10 or whatever you want to call it. It went to the iPhone 10 because it was the anniversary. So what was, what was that? 2017, right? And then other than that, I mean, they just made the photo a little bit better. Face, facial recognition, but I think um, Samsung had come out with that probably two years prior to Apple coming out with that. Guys, they're just not adapting. So what's going to happen this year? 
you've got an economy, a world economy that has been completely decimated. Um, are you guys going to come out with cheaper iPhones? You guys aren't going to be able to. It, it, it's just they're falling apart. And this is why they're, I think, third or probably now fourth in sales because they're not adapting to change. Now, that is obviously like product development. And that's where they're losing. So whoever's the product development CEO or the, the you know, whoever leads that department, they should be fired because they're just not developing whatsoever. Meanwhile, Bose, who of course is the premium in terms of headphones and whatnot, they are on absolute fire beyond belief. Like every new Bose headphones they come out with is just simply spectacular. It really is. Um, Yes, Apple AirPods, they came out with the generation where they had like noise cancellation uh, before Bose, if I'm not mistaken. But again, that's in terms of product development. Now, if we look at it and make it more relatable in terms of me and my, and you know, what's happening out here in Thailand, creating that sense of urgency, right? So there was a, a language, very forgettable language center I had, uh, I was employed at for maybe two, three months. And there was another place that I had worked at just like a handful of times. Um, the first place I was employed at, they were Language Express, right? They were excellent in terms of marketing. Once you came out this SkyTrain station that was located directly in front of this place, there was a QR code on the banner that's right there in front of your face, right there in the business district. So all people have to do is just scan that QR code and voila, there it is. Um, but then they had such a significant amount of flooring space at the bottom. And then Coffee Club, the emergence of this new brand, this new chain of fast, not fast food, but a restaurant, they took half of it. And then I'm like, oh man, this place sounds like they're just falling apart. And guess what? At the dawn of COVID, they, were, they brought in all the st staff, all the teachers. Hey, well, actually the staff, the teachers were already gone. Say, guys, we're shutting the doors. We're shutting doors permanently. We're done. But see, were they shutting doors on that specific day? Or the, had they already shut doors a year prior? That business was already falling apart because the CEO, he had one great idea and then one catastrophic idea. They weren't getting better whatsoever. And it's, I wouldn't say it's unfortunate because I dealt with a lot of grievances in terms of, you know, being there for those three months, uh, trying to prove myself. And I won't get into that. But um, they failed. They failed miserably. When, when COVID happened, you got to have a sense of urgency. You have to think very quickly in terms of having a language center, right? Because you have and potentially have all these students. And you have ample opportunity, right? This is why the juggernauts of Chinese companies have taken over because they're literally compounding, they're creating, they're, oh, we're, we're, we're going to online teaching. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't like, well, it's, it's, you know, it's not about your personal opinion or your personal vendetta. It's simply about, can you adapt to change? And if you do, you'll be a winner. If you don't, you will fail. So having that sense of urgency, sense one, and then guiding that with leading coalition, having somebody that could help empower the employees through that is very important because, again, having that change vision is everything. When COVID happened, March 17th, I remember I was sitting in, uh, you know, with one of, some of the banking executives and they were getting all these notifications. They're like, hey, Arsenio, uh, tutors are going to be closed. And I'm like, nah, there's no way. They can't close tutors. That doesn't make any sense. Sure enough, I got the message. In the morning, I messaged him, hey, is it closed? No. I'm like, oh, thank God. Later that evening, hey, we're closed until the 1st of April. 
I'm like, there's no way this is going to be till April 30th. Sure enough, it was to July 1st, minimum, minimum. And so I had to hurry up and think and say, man, okay, so what's going to happen? Is he going to switch it to online? Of course, him being not so forward thinking, it took him about five weeks to put everything online. But even when he did, are people going to be paying for online courses? Really? And even if they do, am I going to be the first one in line to receive some of these classes at a language center that has five branches and over 60 freaking teachers? No way. You look at another place, right? I was working at a place called uh, Mind English, right? So while I was working there, I'm like, okay, I was in class that specific evening and I heard a man come in and talk to the front office staff. He had a very overbearing voice and I'm like, yeah, he's pretty much saying, hey, no classes. That was the last time I went there. And they said, hey, we're going to be closed until March 30th. I'm like, nah, it's going to be much longer. I'm sorry, March 31st. I'm going to be like, I said, nah, it's going to be much longer than that. The CEO at the time, he didn't communicate the vision. The vision in terms of, hey, guys, okay, this is what happened. He didn't reassure teachers saying, guys, everything's going to be okay. Hey, there's going to be a mandatory Zoom call for, uh, you know, full-time teachers. And it's going to be, you know, da-da-da for these types of teachers. I'm going to show you guys the vision. And we're going to have to, like, develop this change vision. I'm going to leave this, right, to reassure. That's what a legitimate CEO would have done. But again, legitimate and CEO, I mean, that's probably not one of their virtues, right? And so I'm like, okay. So at the beginning of April, I'm like, guys, are you going to switch my class to online? They're like, hey, we don't know yet. We're going to start off with the lower classes first. I said, guys, my class is intermediate. For intermediate students, obviously starting online would be the first and then going to pre-intermediate to elementary and lower. I don't understand your philosophy behind starting beginner classes online before mine. And he's like, don't worry, Arsenio, we got uh, this. Uh, oh, forgot, I forgot. It was a company, right? It was called Certus. They said, we got this company, and it's going to be fantastic, and, and we're, uh, we're going to have you teaching this, right? And I'm like, okay, cool. So three weeks later, it took three weeks, three weeks, right? And not even to mention that at, in March, I had a private student and then of course COVID happened. And would she be able to still learn with me? Absolutely, but she gave up. It could be because the why, but let's just say that was another strike on this specific language center. I'm like, guys, you didn't even contact me. You said you were gonna tell me if my class on Wednesday night was gonna go online, but you didn't. So what's going on? And they didn't tell me. They never got in contact with me anymore. And that was the end. But then with the company, after we finished a nice little interview, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. But the problem is, here in Thailand, there's a, color, there's a color issue. So if there are three teachers who are advertising, and there's a lady, a CEO of this company in, and she's more predisposed to hiring a Caucasian teacher, that's who they're going to choose. And that's sure enough probably what had happened. Because I'm like, hey, so when does it start? Oh, we'll let you know. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what are the chances of this happening? Oh, well, uh, 90%. And that was the last time, the last time I heard anything. That was the last time I heard from that specific company. It had to be like April 23rd, April 24th. And so then that made me realize, looking at these steps right now, right? Creating that urgency, okay, leading a coalition, having a CEO that has a back vision, right? 
and communicating the vision. Like over the course, like it shouldn't be a teacher who works at this place communicating. I will have it just complete lapse. I'm, guys, this is a failed language center. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it, you know, 100% here because there was a big falling out a year prior to that. They didn't use me until they had hired a business consultant who used to live in my native Las Vegas for 10 years and graduated from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, UNLV, home of the running rebels. <laughs> Say it loud. But anyways, he's the one that took a taxi and met me at my job downstairs. So we took a taxi to the other side of town and he hooked me up with about two different companies. It was him who helped me. If it wasn't for that business consultant and he quit, he quit a month later saying, you know what, what they're throwing at me is a bunch of bullshit. Sorry, man, I'm out. And I'm like, dude, don't leave because I know once you leave, this company is going to fall flat. They're not going to contact me anymore because they don't give a damn about me. Sure enough, that's what happened. So then with that fallout and looking at it, there were, there were no short-term wins. They should have followed up on a number of occasions. We didn't even get to step number six. We did not get to step number six whatsoever, whatsoever. I, at the beginning of June, pulled out. I didn't say anything to them, but I dropped out of this little line group. I said, okay, I'm leaving the group. I think they get the hint from this now because that would have come up and it would have said, Arsenio has left the group. I think you probably understand why I left the group too. Because I don't trust you. And during a situation like this, you should have my back. You should have teachers' backs 1,000%. And if you don't have their back, I just, I, 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 if you don't have my back, how can I trust you? That class I was telling you about Wednesday night, they gave it to another Thai teacher. They just didn't want to tell me. They want to back up their teachers before they back me up. Sure, they put it online. If not, they would have lost three or four potential students and a lot of money. No way. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to give it to you. Okay, we'll just kick Arsenio out. Who cares? Oh, I care. I can't mess with you guys anymore because you don't have my back. Now, let me give you an example of a company that did amazing. Now, my main job, again, he just said, okay, we're going to put your private classes online. Did any other classes pop up? Nope. Did any of the like group classes pop up? Nope. So what do you think I'm going to do come July, four months later? You think I'm just going to dedicate my Saturdays and Sundays to you? Absolutely not. We're going online and we're going to stay online until I'm ready to go back in class because you are no longer a priority. I don't care if you have my visa and work permit. You're not a priority anymore. Why? You don't have my back. Did you help me with my visa fees and everything? No. There was only one place that helped me. I had met these women right around the same time I told you guys about Language Express and their complete debacle. And I was working with that place and another place. I won't even mention them. But these two women, they ended up leaving because, of course, that lady was just uh, an animal. Uh, let's just put it that way. And they started up their own testing center. They started up a testing center, then they expanded. But at the same time, I was getting all these little projects, okay, teaching these millionaires, okay, uh, teach these banks, okay, do this, okay, do that. Now, I caught them slipping a couple of times, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I should hang with you guys anymore. You guys are lying. You're for There's a lot of things that had happened, right, especially back in 2018. 
But if I had let go of that relationship now, I would have been doomed beyond doom today. So in April, they're over here freaking out. And there's a guy that came into the picture, right? And this guy, he's just a teacher. That's it. That's it. He's just a household teacher. He came back from Cambodia, came back and he's like, okay, I'm going to put all this online. We're going to go with this. We're going to go with that. And I'm like, dude, you don't have one student. You're not even showing your face. How are they even going to believe you? They're not going to believe you whatsoever. No way. Why? Because they, they don't even, there's no face to this company. Would you spend money on a company? which doesn't have a face. I don't know. I don't know. Now you guys already know me because again, you guys are like, Oh, Arsenio, you do private classes. Do absolutely. I love, I'm interested in the conversation class or interested in four skills. Why? Because you guys are listening to me right now. I am my own company. You guys listen directly to me. That's the best thing right there. But this other guy, he was trying to get me to go against these two women who were going to cover my expenses. I didn't know they were, but he was like, Oh, you know, if you don't, um, if you, if you guys, or if you're not ready to hurry up and adapt online, me and Arsenio, we're going to be leaving. I said, bro, don't put me in your BS. I'm sorry. There is no me and you, you have yet to prove yourself. You don't have one student. He made some smart Alec comments, probably towards the third and fourth week of April. And I was like, goodbye. And I blocked him. Those women, however, for the month of April, they gave me 65% of my overall income that month. For the month of May, okay, just last month, another 70%, probably 75% they gave me for the month. In terms of living here in Thailand, not online, I'm just talking about being here Thailand-based. So they adapted. They said, oh, we need to get some video courses, but one of the greatest business acquisitions they ever made the majority of Thai students around Thailand, they have to come to Bangkok to take these tests. They don't have testing centers anywhere else in the country except Bangkok, which is terrible, which is tragic, and which is ridiculous. Can you imagine being in America and you live in rural Oklahoma, although that probably is a problem too, and you're like, oh, I have to take this TOEFL test. Uh, and they say, oh, you have to fly to Los Angeles to take it that would be outlandish, that would be despicable, that would be pathetic, right? And so this is why it's very important to have these testing centers everywhere. So these women who gave me a significant amount of income and looked after me during these times, they said, Arsenio, we're starting up our business June 1st. We need you to head it. And I'm like, okay, I have to think about it and everything. I'm like, okay, well, nothing's open right now. And then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, so they moved out there. They opened up their business after they started lifting all these restriction, restrictions. And they're like, we need a full-time teacher there. We need you there. You're going to be the full-time teacher. And I'm like, okay, just let me know when you get your students and whatnot. So then, you know, just a week ago, of course, this already being like June 7th. It's June 7th right now. You guys are listening to this like, well, like 10 days later. And they're like, when are you free? Okay, listen, right after you get your visa, you're going to have to come down here. We're going to have full courses. Why? Because the entire Northeast region of Thailand and all the students in the Northeast region and the North are no longer going to take flights and no longer going to take, uh, they're not going to have to come to Bangkok and stay in an expensive condo and take this test over and over. They're going to go to the entryway town by the name of Korat. And they're going to take the test there. 
they get the score. They're like, oh man, do you have any teachers that can teach it? Yep, Arsenio, okay, listen, we got a six hour course this day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. See, that is a shared vision. See, in the beginning, they had anxiety. This is the personal change, right? And I had anxiety, but then they had the happiness and then there was the fear like, oh my God, is this business going to open up? I don't understand COVID and, you know, April and May and then the threat. And then, you know, they probably went into the de uh, depression, but then there was the gradual acceptance saying everything's going to be all right. And then moving forward. And that's exactly what happened. A lot of people go into depression, especially with their businesses. They're done. I walked into a many of these malls. A lot of these smaller businesses, I'm talking restaurants, I'm talking just everyday household services, they're gone. Startups are gone. If they did not adapt, they're finished. A lot of employees were laid off. Suicide rates are up. And that's what happens because, again, the fear, the threat, the guilt, the depression, the suicide. But instead, gradual acceptance. See, I'm going to give you one last story before I let you go. This is probably the longest ESL podcast that I did by myself. Um, but in saying that, I was thinking with the gyms. I used to work out at a gym for the longest, right? So there are many different types of gyms out here in Thailand that have like these small uh, personal training-based types of uh, group exercises, which are amazing, far beyond anything that America has done at any given moment. Um, and so I was going to this one for a while and I'm like, you know what? I just don't like this place anymore. This place is boring. I was feeling this probably in February and March. I said, I need a new change of scenery. What am I going to do? And so COVID happened. They shut it down and they've been shut down until what? I think probably just a week ago, but with the restrictions, you still can't do cardio workouts. It's still completely dog. But what had happened is because with having a great CEO, they adapted to change very quickly. Not them. Another gym by the name of Base. After they closed, within three, four days, they had a full online system and online training. A comprehensive email. They had workouts. They had this great camera work, everything. However, my gym, they didn't have anything like that. They hurry up and start up a broken, a completely broken Facebook page. And then they were like, oh, yeah, free online training. Here you go. Here you go. This is, uh, you can do this. And I'm like, okay, guys, but I, I see you got these free online classes. But if we don't have the necessary tools or anything at home and the equipment, this doesn't make any sense. Guys, this isn't like base. You guys are failing right now. So then all of a sudden, the CEO of my branch, he left along with one of the uh, shareholders, a woman who I love so dearly and who I've taught her children, they both left the company. And I said, oh, there's no way I'm going back. And then he's like, I'm starting up my own gym. I said, I'm there, don't worry, I'm there. And so now you got extra competition because you didn't adapt to change. Your main CEO of the franchise you had in one location left and created competition. And because you're not forward thinking and you're not pursuing and doing bigger things, you're going to lose. You're going to end up shutting down this branch because it's, gonna, it's just too much overhead. You're going to have to become heavily reliant on just one place. And so I was speaking to another trainer of the place and he's like, yeah, so listen, it's all about the short-term wins, right? Going into step six, never letting up, obviously incorporating changes in the culture. These are the big things that they're going to be implementing at the new gym called Encore. 
And I talked to one of the trainers at the old gym and he's like, yeah, man, it's me and this other guy. We're going to leave and we're going to be taking one of the front office staff too. And I'm like, oh man, this location is going to shut down. They're going to have just one location left. It's a fail. See, if you don't adapt quickly, you can fail quickly. And this is what's so disheartening because, man, I loved the beautiful Bangkok of before. You know, back at Thanksgiving of last year, people were going around eating these wonderful Thanksgiving dinners, New Year's and Christmas. It was phenomenal. You had these wonderful burger joints, people having drinks. It was spectacular. I was going into some massive salary months. One of my friends, you know, she had her full-time job and we were going to end up doing all these massive functions with Honda and Toyota and everything just disappeared. Those restaurants no longer exist. She quit her job. Everything, all those special projects and those high salary months, they vanquished, gone. And so now it's all about, damn, this is depression or is it? Are you going to hurry up and get back on your feet and adapt to change? Because if you don't, you lose. So those are the types of negative feelings, but it's important for senior managers, CEOs, to get on top of it and to bring these trainers together and say, man, we got to get some video equipment. Can you guys come down here? I don't want you guys doing it over here at your place. Okay, I'm going to pay you for this. I'm going to do this. You know, one of the trainers at the gym, a week into it, probably like third or fourth week of March, He's like, dude, I'm, te I'm teaching one of my, you know, I'm coaching one of my clients at my, uh, what is it, at my condo or at my home. And he's like, don't tell anybody. But, you know, it's because, well, um, no, like if I don't have clients, I don't have money. And I'm like, I absolutely agree. And that's one of the problems with these gyms. They just did not give a damn about their staff, about their trainers. They didn't give them any salary whatsoever. And it's funny, they were like, oh, we're just gonna take the money out of your account every month. I'm like, no, if I'm not there, I'm not paying. I need to be there working out. If I'm not there working out, then we're, it's over, we're done. And so at the end of March, thankfully, I hurry up and switch my bank account so they couldn't take anything out. So April 1st, no money. May 1st, no money. June 1st, no money. By the time it really, really opens up, although it's kind of open and partially open right now and they have group classes, I still believe that they're not fully open. So guys, in saying that, there's a lot to be considered. And, you know, this model of personal uh, change and just moving forward has been the story of my life over the last four months. And I bet that this can, you can relate to this wherever you are in your life, whether you're a student and you're trying to adapt to online classes, or if you're at work and you're trying to adapt from working from home with the children there, it's all about moving forward. Yes, there's no such thing as a new normal. Everything will get back to normal, but it might take just another more year. By the time probably February, March, and April rolls around next year, everything will be back to normal and airlines will be back out. But until then, many airlines, dozens will have fallen. Banks are good. Well, banks are okay, obviously. But a lot of businesses here out here in Thailand, man, it's, it's sad. It's sad. But how creative can you get to stay afloat? The government shut everything down for four months. I think it was two months too long. Absolutely. 1000%. Vietnam had a shutdown maybe for about only 10 to 15 days. Thailand had literally a three month shutdown. Three months. Well, probably about, they started opening things up from March 27th. I think they the first phase was, uh, I think, May 17th and June 1st. 
uh, was it was it May first? I think it was May first. May first, yeah, because May, yeah, May first. They started opening barbers. Two weeks later, they opened the second stage. Three weeks later, they started opening more. And now, eventually, they're gonna have to let all these tourists back in. How are they gonna let them back in if they have COVID? Are they going to risk another massive shutdown? Are they gonna have a bubble countries? Who knows? But you gotta come up with a gradual acceptance and know that we have to coexist with this until vaccines are fixed. So I've given you guys a lot in this audio. Oh my God, this could have been like four podcasts and what, but oh, in saying that people, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you could take away a lot from this. I'm gonna put all the necessary uh, task and stuff on my website. So you make sure you go check that out. But who that was a long one in general. And that was about life. That wasn't so much about like English language learning. That was a substantial amount and a lot of different vocabulary terms and stuff for you guys too. And things that you could possibly figure out in a, a model that you could use in your own business in the future. So I hope you enjoyed this, guys, and thanks for tuning in to another ESL podcast. I am your host, Arsenio. As usual, stay tuned for more over and out.